freedom for her family, her children and her grandchildren. Hallelujah. Amen. I felt the Spirit of the Lord dealing with us here while the choir was singing like they were. And this is what I like to do. I'd like to ask all you young people to fill up these front pews right here. Amen. Well, all of you young people, come on. Come on. That's just, just like it would be a Tuesday night. Come on and fill up this front. Amen. All of you that will. Amen. Luke, you can come too. All of y'all can come on if you will. Amen. Because I want to, uh, there's a devil would like to destroy these beautiful children. And now is the time to win them. Now is the time to save their lives. Amen. Can I, before I read my scripture, can I tell you something? I, I read, I was, um, uh, Wilbur Nelson tells that his father was the senior elder in a church for many years. And he said, when I was an 11-year-old boy, they had an evangelist to hold a meeting at our church. And uh, one night he asked every Christian to come forward and he asked those who desired to confess Christ to come with them. My father went up and as I felt God's call to me, I followed my father. And just as I reached the front, this is what Wilbur Nelson had to say. Just as I reached the front, my father, an elder in the church, turned around and saw me and said, Johnny, you go back. You're too young. I tore me all to pieces when I read this. You go back. You're too young. He's 11 years old. Amen. He said, I obeyed him, obeyed him as I was taught to do. And at 33 years old, I came to the Lord. He said, but I don't know. I didn't know what I knew then what I, as an 11-year-old as I did as a 33-year-old man. But he said, I want you to know. The church lost 22 years of service. Are you hearing me? The church lost 22 years of service. And I lost 22 years of my life and growth in the gospel. And my, because my father and elder in the church said, go back. Amen. I want to tell you, all of you young folks here tonight, I say, come on. Come on, get around these altars. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive what God's got for your life. Amen. Receive what God's got for your life. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to take my text uh, from Ezra, the seventh chapter, verse 11 tonight. I need your prayers that the Lord would help me. Amen. I've been troubled about this. Amen. And the Bible said... In the 11th, uh, 7th chapter, verse 11, this is the copy of the letter that the king Artaxerxes gave unto Ezra the priest. Artaxerxes, king of kings, 
unto Ezra the priest, a scribe of the law of God of heaven, perfect peace, and at such a time, I make a decree that all they of the people of Israel and of his priests and Levites in my realm, which are minded of their own free will to go up to Jerusalem. I want you children to know tonight, it's your choice. You can go to heaven if you want to. I said you can go to heaven if you want to. It's of your own free will. Which are minded of their own free will to go up to Jerusalem with thee. For as much as thou art sent of the king and of his seven counselors. Now let's drop down to verse 27. Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers which hath put such a thing as this into the king's heart. And I want you to notice, how did that get in the king's heart? How did it get there? God put it there. And I want us to beg God that God would put a desire to serve the Lord in the hearts of our children. We cannot afford to lose them. It's the most horrendous things that can happen to any home or family is for them to lose their children. Let's look at verse 27 again. Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers. God did it. Hath put such a thing, hath put such a thing as this in the king's heart to beautify the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. And hath it extended mercy unto me before the king and his counselors and before all the king's mighty princes. And I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me. And I gathered together out of the house, gathered together out of Israel chief men. To go up with me. Skip in the next chapter, uh, next book, rather, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I rose in the night, and I and some few men with me, neither told I any man what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. Amen. The Bible said in Nehemiah chapter 7, verse 5, My God put into mine heart to gather together the nobles and the rulers of the people that they might be reckoned by genealogy. My text tonight, my thought tonight is, what has been put in your heart? What has been put in your heart? I'm telling you, I, I would love to tell you the, the things that the Lord has put in my heart, and I feel like I'll be able to tell you at some point, and we're waiting on God to open the doors for us. Amen. But I'm telling you what. He said, Artaxerxes, he was king of kings, and the, the Lord moved on him, and he made a decree and he said, anybody that is minded of his own free will to go to Jerusalem can go. And I want you to know that's the decree from heaven tonight. Anybody that's minded of their own free will to go to heaven, you can go tonight. You can go. Heaven is open 
to you tonight. But I want you to know how the Lord said, He said, Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers, which had put such a thing as this in the king's heart to beautify the house of the Lord. Oh, man, I'm begging God for God to put it on people's heart to do what we need to do for the work of the Lord for these last days. Amen. And, uh, and so if you notice here, this was Ezra writing, and this was the, the thing, and then Nehemiah comes on, and he said, I never told anybody what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Amen. And then he said, my God has put it into my heart. You mean, I want to, I want to tell you something. I want only good, godly, and beneficial things put in my heart. I need to say that. I said, I want only good, godly, and beneficial things put in my heart. Amen. Bad, evil, and sinful, and wicked things. Children, listen to me, children. Bad, evil, sinful, wicked things. Amen. Can be put into your heart. I never heard anybody say anything. I did. This is working, isn't it? I said bad, evil, and sinful things can be put into the hearts of our children. And we have got to guard our children. And we've got to guard our own minds. We've got to guard our own hearts that the devil will not get in and take advantage of us. You know, I'm going to... I'm going to go negative here for a little while, but I want you, you, we must understand and see this. The Bible tells us in John 13 and 2, listen to what the Bible said in John 13 2. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot. Did I read from the Bible? Is that what it says in your Bible? Supper being ended, the devil having now put the devil put into the heart of Judas Iscariot here Artaxerxes the king God put it in his heart to beautify and to build up the house of the Lord amen God put good things in Artaxerxes heart but I want you to understand the devil put bad thing in Judas Iscariot's heart and the Bible said the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray him. Amen. My Lord, I want to tell you something. The Bible tells us the devil come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus has come that you might have it, have life and have it more abundantly. Oh, God have mercy. The Bible said in Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse 3, Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot. You know, the eternal security people, they, they try to put out and believe that, that Judas Iscariot was a devil from the beginning. Not so. The Bible specifically records when it happened. You understand? And Jesus did not use a devil in the ministry. Hello out there in Radio Land. Are you hearing me? Jesus did not use a devil in the ministry. And the Bible said, then 
entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and coveted to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. You understand, they're cowards, they're afraid, and they're not going, they know that the multitude are going to stand up for Jesus. And so he is looking for an opportunity when the multitudes won't be there. But I want you to know also, they were glad and they coveted to give him money. The Bible said in 1 Timothy 6 and 10, what is it? Not money, it is the love of money is the root of all evil. Oh yes, 1 Timothy 6 and 10, the love of money is the root of all evil. The Bible tells us in John, the 12th chapter, verse 1, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. The Bible specifically says it is after the time that he raised Lazarus from the dead. And so they've invited him uh, there to supper. And, uh, and Lazarus is there. And the Bible said they made supper. And Martha was doing the serving. And Lazarus, who had been dead and he's raised from the dead, he's sitting at the table. Whoa, wouldn't that be something? Woo, hallelujah. Amen. And so, and, and Mary took a pound of very costly spikenard ointment and she anointed Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith his disciple, John 12 and 4, Judas Iscariot, which should betray him, you better watch old Scrooge. You better watch him that's against anything good that's going on at the church. Hello. They've got a problem. And so, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he, because he was a thief. Am I reading from the King James Version of the Bible like you are? And the Bible said, Judas was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. I think, and I, I, I checked with, I went through every commentary that I had, and almost all of the, of the commentaries agreed, I think Judas was already stealing out of the treasury. Because the Bible said he was a thief. And the Bible said in, oh God, John 13 and 26, Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And I want you to notice what the Bible said in verse 27 of John 13. After the sop, Satan entered into him. Amen. He had already been stealing from the treasury. He had already, his heart had already turned and changed. Satan had already put this stuff in his heart. 
And I want you to know the Bible said there was my text tonight in, in Ezra, the seventh chapter. He said, everyone who is minded of their own free will to go up to Jerusalem. You have your own free will choice. And who was that, uh, who was that talking? Was that you? Who was that said about uh, Satan broadcasting his stuff there just a few minutes ago? Who was saying that? Brother Joseph, thank you. Amen. Brother Joseph was talking about that. And you understand the devil has got a radio station and he transmits his thoughts and his desires. And, uh, and you and I have to listen and determine when you're go scanning through on your radio and it comes up rock and roll, you just hit the button and go on to something else. Amen. And that's, uh, you know, uh, you don't stop and listen to what he's got to offer you. Amen. Brother Keith is telling me about a guy's been calling him and trying to get him in on a deal. Amen. Oh, you want all of this and all you got to do is send this. No such a thing. Keith said, you're a scam artist. I know you're a scam artist. Listen, sisters and brothers, nobody, if you want anything, they're not going to call and ask for money up front. They've got money to give you, then tell them, bring it on. And they can take the taxes out of it, but they can bring it on to you. But don't you give anybody any money and anything about your accounts and numbers. You hear me? So, amen. I want us to get this. He was stealing. And he looked Jesus in the eye, and Jesus looked him in the eye. And he said, how is it going to be? I know Satan has already put this in your heart. Satan has already put this in your heart. Are you going to turn away from darkness and sin and the devil? Are you going to turn away from it? Are you going to accept what the devil has to do in your heart? And at that instant, Judas looked Jesus Christ in the eyes. And he turned away. And he went out. And the Bible said it was night. Hallelujah. I'm preaching tonight on what has been put in your heart. What has been put in your heart. It's very important what has been put in your heart. The devil transmits. And he, and uh, have you, uh, I've been I've been different times, been praying, and I'll be thinking, I, I'm praying, my voice is speaking, but I'm thinking about something a million miles away. And then I've been praying, and the devil put something bad in my thoughts. I'm trying to pray. And you got to say, get behind me, Satan. I, that, that is, I'm not, I'm trying to pray, and it is not my thought, it's not my desire, it's not my will. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Get out of here! But understand, Judas Iscariot, he allowed Satan to get into his heart. And there, Satan, the Bible said Satan entered into him Ezekiel the 14th chapter son of man these men verse 3 what have these men done they have set up their idols in their heart 
and put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face, should I be inquired of at all by them? So you understand, something has happened in their heart. And there it is. Their idols have been set up. And the stumbling block of their iniquity has entered in. The Bible said, Lord have mercy. Are, are you, I've, do I have a praying church or pray for me right now? Psalm 95 and 6 said, Oh come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God. And we are the people of His pasture. And the sheep of His hand. Today if you will hear His voice... Harden not your heart as in the provocation or as in the day of temptation. I want us to understand you must not harden your heart. You are the gatekeeper of your heart. I said you are the gatekeeper of your heart. And you are the one who makes the choice. Is it heaven or hell? Is it Jesus Christ or the devil? Is it sin or is it righteousness? You are the gatekeeper of your own heart. The Bible said in Mark the 8th chapter verse 17, And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Have ye your heart yet hardened? What? Jesus looked at them and he said, Have you already hardened your heart? I don't care what the preacher says. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Then that tells me that you have already hardened your heart. What's been put in your heart? Man. Every once in a while, Carolyn will come and she says, Philip, I want you to look at this. I want you to see this. And she came to me the other day, and she said, I want you to look at this. And uh, there was a, a guy named Brent Christensen. Anybody ever heard of Brent Christensen? He was a very smart boy. He was in the gifted program in his elementary school when he was raised in Wisconsin. He graduated and went on to university, and he was in the doctoral program at the University of Illinois. He was, had a teaching assistantship. They said he was a model boy all those years, model coming up. And there was a day that there was a Chinese scholar, 26 years old, she'd come to further her degree and she went missing there on the campus and believe it or not brother Keith they had the video of that girl she missed she was going to sign a lease on an apartment and and she was on the wrong side of the street and the bus would not stop for her because it's dangerous for them to run across the street you have to be on that side of the street or the door is before the bus will stop for you. And she was waving for the bus to stop. The bus would not stop because she was across the street. And so she was very distraught. She was running late to get to sign the lease on the apartment. 26 years old. She was engaged to be married. Very, very highly intelligent, gifted young woman. And so there was a car pulled up. 
and he pulled out a badge, and I am an undercover policeman for the campus here. And he convinced her, he talked to her and convinced her to get in the car and drove away, and she was never seen again. And they kept looking and looking, those detectives, for weeks, and they searched and searched to find, trying to find Ying Ying. Ying Ying, where is, what happened to Ying Ying? We know something horrible has happened to Ying Ying. And so one of the detectives noticed one little fine detail. Can you imagine this? He noticed that there was a chip out in the hubcap of that car that stopped and picked her up. Just a little place broken off in that hubcap. And so they couldn't read the tag number of it was it was a they knew what model it was, what kind of car and all that, but they couldn't read the tag number. But he saw that one thing and so they started searching and they found there they found the car that had the little chip out of the right front wheel. They began to interview him. Amen. You understand when he he took her, he took Ying Ying Zhang, she valiantly fought back against him. He said almost supernaturally, she didn't give up. He sexually assaulted her, he choked her, he beat her with a baseball bat, he stabbed her, and then he cut her head off. Don't tell you. And there's a devil that means to do that to every one of these little girls here. And we have to guard them with everything in us. He wants that done to you older sisters. You hearing me? Amen. And so, amen, they begin to check on him. And he was such a model person. Growing up, his mother was an alcoholic. His, and then they had a lot of trouble in their marriage. And so his dad and mom got a divorce and going through all those things. And are, are you listening to me? I, I, I'm, 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 not going, I'm not going to try to get excited. I'm not nervous at all. I want to get your absolute attention. All of a sudden, this boy who had been a model boy, he, he jumped off of a 12-foot deck. He, he threw himself down a, a flight of stairs. And he ran out in the street in front of an oncoming car. And his dad said, he didn't know why, but he was trying to kill himself. How could a little boy that was so sweet and so kind and so talented and so intelligent change? And, uh, and then he fell. Uh, he was working for a roofing company. And the doctor called it a Super Bowl of wrist injuries. He fell and bro broke both wrists and both elbows. And then he got on Vicodin, narcotic. And he, this is, he had, and then he started drinking. His mother was an alcoholic, and so he was drinking alcohol. Amen. And he said he admired serial killers like Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer and John Wayne Gacy. 
And he decided, he decided that he was going to one of these days when he got the opportunity, he was going to kill a petite woman because she could be easily disposed of. Amen. There was no accounts. I've read several things. I went online, read all this stuff because he was just sentenced for this murder back in July. This happened in 2017. And uh, there was no mention of church or God in any testimony in anything that I read. No mention of church or God. And then what was put in Brent Christensen was not good and it's not of God, was it? Evil continued its gradual control. An assistant U.S. attorney, James Nelson, said during the government's closing arguments that justice must be done, sentence Brent Christensen to death. All murderers start out as innocent children. Sometimes children grow up to be cruel adults. The defendant is not in here because of what he did when he was 12. The defendant killed Ying Ying Zhang for sport. It was sport to him. Nelson added that Zhang's family had so much hope for her bright future. And this is the former University of Illinois doctoral student was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison without possibility of parole on Thursday, July the 18th of 2019. That this is what defense attorney Julie Brain told jurors that Christensen had struggled with mental health issues for years and he had tried to get help in dealing with homicidal fantasies in the months before killing Zhang. What happened next was a battle between Brent and his demons that little by little he lost. And Brent Christensen looked at his attorney and smiled when they gave the verdict. Hallelujah. Amen. Go back, you're too young. Oh, my Lord. You're never too young. Come and seek the Lord. You're never too young. Come. I beg you to pray and seek the face of God. Oh, my Lord. My Lord. I want you to get this and understand. Amen. He went to the university, to the psychologist there, and told them three months before he killed Ying Ying, I'm having real bad problems. I'm having suicidal thoughts. I'm, not, I'm having homicidal thoughts. I've actually went out and bought the things that I need in order to kill somebody with. And they begged him, to let them put him in the hospital. And he came back and he downplayed it. And he decided that it was okay. That it was, he was just, I'm having these thoughts and it's from my alcohol abuse. Amen. At the beginning of the 20th century, there were two young Jewish boys at a noonday service at a little Methodist church in New York City. Two Jewish boys. Adam, Abraham Silverstein 
when they made the altar call, he was sitting beside his friend. Abraham Silverstein accepted the invitation. He heard the gospel. He accepted Christ as his Savior. And he became a missionary to the Jews. The other young man who we know later as Leon Trotsky. Oh, God, the communist man that killed so many people there in Russia. Refused to enter the church. And he returned to Russia and dedicated his life to atheistic communism. Amen. Ultimately, he fell into disfavor with the, the Communist Party of Russia. He fled from Russia to Mexico, and he was murdered in Mexico in 1940. Oh, God, Lord, have mercy. I feel like I'm on the precipice of eternity for somebody here tonight. Do you hear me? I'm on the edge. I'm on the precipice for eternity for somebody here in this congregation tonight. What has the devil, what has the world, what has sin began to put in your heart? And you will one day act upon that. Oh God. Oh God. Lord have mercy. Amen. Jesus. Please, Jesus. Amen. The Bible said in Proverbs 28 and 13, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. If you harden your heart when God is dealing with you, you are going to fall into mischief. Dr. Truett George Truett, he said there was a 17-year-old girl died in my congregation. And he said her dad come and want me to, to officiate and preach the funeral. And he said, of course I will. She was a member here at the church, but he wasn't. The father wasn't. And he said, Brother Truett, I, I have a request. I want you to ride with me to the funeral. And he said, okay, sir, I'll be glad to. And he said they started down the road riding along. And he said, you know, Dr. Truett, when you first came here, he said, I, I, he said, I loved coming to those Sunday morning services and hearing you preach. He said, you would preach with such anointing and conviction. He said, I literally had to hold on to the pew in front of me to keep from jumping up and running to the altar to be saved. But he said, I resisted that. And he said, I, I, and when y'all would start singing Just As I Am or one of those good old hymns, he said, I would have to literally hold with everything grip, with everything in me to get a hold of that pew to keep from running to the altar. But he said, when church was over, I would leave and I would walk the streets of this city to 2 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon and I would finally reconcile myself to the place. I will next Sunday. I will next Sunday. I will next Sunday. He said, I did that over and over and over. He said, now, after all of these years, he said, I know your preaching has improved, but he said, your preaching has no effect on me. Your preaching has no effect on me. He said, my, what is it? He said, I know it's not you that has changed. Amen. But he said, it doesn't move me at all. What has happened? Has something happened to me? Amen. Has something happened to me? 
Oh, God. Oh, God. The Bible said when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne. And the Lord said in Exodus 4 and 21, said unto Moses, Do all those wonders before Pharaoh which I have put in thine hand, and, and but I will harden his heart, but he shall not let the people go. And the Bible makes this statement nine times. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. But it was not because God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Amen. There was God put his word in his heart. And the devil was put in his part in. And so he is the gatekeeper of his heart. And so Pharaoh chose sin and the devil rather than the Lord. Oh, listen. The Bible said in Exodus 7 3, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Uh, he hardened Pharaoh's heart. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuseth to let the people go. The Bible said in the 8th chapter, But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart. And hearken not unto the Lord God. Oh, then the magician said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them. The magician said, It's God speaking to you. It's the finger of God. God is speaking to you. You better do something about it. And the Bible makes this statement. And Pharaoh Harden his heart at this time also, and neither would he let the people go. I want you to know, oh man, it is dead quiet in here, but that's all right with me. I want you to hear every word I've got to speak because there's somebody's eternal destiny is going to be determined here tonight. You have a choice, Judas Iscariot. You have the choice. You are the gatekeeper of your heart. The devil has been broadcasting his stuff into your mind and you don't have to accept that. You don't have to listen to that. You don't have to go that route. But oh God, I pray for the hearts and minds and souls of these young folks. I beg you for the hearts and lives and souls of these adults that I see sitting around here you're a wonderful people you're a wonderful congregation you're wonderful wonderful people but there is a devil that's trying to put something in somebody's heart Lord have mercy and you don't want what the devil is trying to put in your heart I'm going to have to quit amen I've got so many other scriptures that I could go to and need to go to amen but I want you to know there is, he said, amen. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. You can live any way you want to. Go anywhere you want to go. Do anything you want to do. Look at anything you want to look at. You can do it, young man. But listen, but know thou that for all these things, God's going to bring you into judgment. When you get to the end of the day and when you get to the end of the road, God's going to bring you into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh for childhood and youth are vanity. Amen. I want to tell you something. It is not biblical for you to tell your children to sow their 
wild oats while they're young. That is an absolute lie of the devil. There is absolutely nothing biblical about telling any young person to sow their wild oats in their youth. When you sow wild oats, guess what? You've got to reap them. Man, the best thing you ever did is not to ever sow any wild oats. I heard you say that you prayed at five. You said you can't remember when. I'm so glad that we can report for our children that they would never go into sin. That way they don't ever have any wild oats sowed and they'll never have to reap any. Oh, Lord. And so, the Bible said, remember. That's the last verse. Remember, of chapter 12, verse 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. If you want to have a happy life, brother, brother, if you want to have a happy life, sister, are you listening to me? If you want to have a happy life, I want you to listen. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Amen. That's talking about the reaping days. Boy, and I'm telling you what. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Amen. Dad's mind was bad. There was a lot of things he couldn't remember, a lot of things he didn't know. Amen. And there was one day we were there together, just me and Carolyn and him. And he said, son, I see you going on up the road, on up the mountain. Things are going to get better for you. (laughs) Things are going to get better for you. But it's not going to be for others. You know why? Because I consecrated myself as a 20 year old. 18 year old. As a young man. That I would live for God. And I tried my best. I want you to know one thing. I've never molested any of your children. I've never done anything evil. I've never purposely done anything evil to them. And so now that I'm getting into my older years, I want you to know things are getting better. I'm going on up the mountain. Hallelujah. I'm going to live for God because the devil has no part in me. And I search my heart and I pray and I beg God, God, don't let there be any evil. Don't let there be any thoughts of evil and darkness, sin in any way. Get into my heart. Because if it does... It brings the most awful fruit ever was. Oh, amen, amen. Oh, oh, amen. The man was coming down to die. He was a very wealthy man. He had a huge collection of books. He had a huge library. And he said to his son, Son, bring me the book. And he said, Dad, you have thousands of books. What book do you want me to bring to you? And he said, Son, 
when you're at this point in life, there is only one book. There's only one book. It's the Word of God. And if you place your life and your will and your spirit and your attitude, your soul, your body in the Word of God, you will never be ashamed. But if you seek the wealth and the riches and the glamour of this world, it is fleeting and passing away. And you'll come up empty-handed one day. I want to know what is being put in your heart. Amen. Amen. I read this several years ago. There was an older man. He's up in his attic. He's lived in poverty. He's having to clean out his house and go live with his son because he can't afford to live in his home anymore. I'm going to have to break up housekeeping. And so he's up in the attic, cleaning out the attic. And he came across a trunk, an old trunk. And he opened up the trunk and there was a, the Bible, family Bible. And then in the inside leaf, there was the last will and testament of his aunt. And let me read to you what it said. To my beloved Stephen Marsh, I bequeath my family Bible and all it contains along with the residue of my estate after my funeral expenses and just and lawful debts are paid. When everything had been settled, the nephew had a few hundred dollars left plus the old family Bible mentioned in the will. And so he's there. It's been over 30 years. He's lived so poor, such poverty. He starts looking, flipping through that Bible. And he found a banknote, a CD. He pulls that out and he flips a few more pages and there's another Banknote, another CD. He pulls that out. He goes over a few more pages and there's hundreds of dollars and he pulls that out. And he keeps turning through it. There was over $5,000 in cash plus all the CDs, banknotes that were in that Bible. And he had lived his life in poverty. And that's the way it is for you. That's the way it's going to be for you if you don't put Jesus Christ first. If you don't put the Word of God first. If you don't put living. And oh, I'm telling you what, vacations are fun and fine. And making money is good and fine. Your job is important. I understand you got to do all that. But your number one priority must be the Word of God and the house of God. And you're going to come up empty-handed. You're going to come up empty-handed. And you'll wish. And there it is. He could have had a good life. Brother Chad, he could have lived a good life. Thousands and thousands of dollars were in that family Bible. And when he read that will, there was a few hundred dollars she had in her checking account and paid her funeral expenses and Closed it out into just a few hundred dollars. That's all he had. Amen. Except for the valuable things that's in the Word of God. Stand with me, please. Come on. Amen. I want to tell you something. There are treasures untold.
There are treasures untold in your Bible. Amen. You better make it the thing that you read every day. Amen. Uh, well, we were at the workshops and they said you could read the Bible, what, in 10 days? I believe it was reading nearly around the clock. You could read the Bible in 10 days. I'm, Woo, that's good. That's wonderful. Amen. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just about past being able to do stuff like that. Amen. But I want to tell you something. There's a treasure. There's treasures. There's treasures. There's treasures. 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 Untold treasures in the Word of God. And you are a fool if you disregard it. Ooh. Man, that's harsh words, isn't it? I don't mean to be harsh to you, but it's very foolish of you. Amen. If you do not honor the Word of God and desire the Word of God above everything in this world, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Can you imagine... How that man must have felt. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our Father, God, I've tried my best to speak with all sincerity and seriousness to this precious congregation. We have some of the best Christian people on the face of the earth right here in this congregation. And I fully acknowledge that and understand that. But Lord, there is a devil who is trying to put things in people's hearts. Lord, I know that you put good things and holy things, building up the house of God, building up the word of God. You put those things in the hearts of people. But there is a devil who would like to put sin and the world in the heart of Judas Iscariot. There is a devil that wants to put evil into the heart of Brent Christensen, who was a splendid young man who was there, Lord God, an assistantship, almost earning his doctorate, was there on the brink of that in physics of all things. And yet there was something happened in his heart. Oh, God. And Lord, it led to his downfall and his ruin. I pray for these young folks. I pray for everyone. Amen. I'd like to ask all of our children to come on up here and stand. Come on, all of you teenagers. Amen. You're, you're teenagers. You're getting ready to make special life choices. Amen. Stand. I want you to come and stand. Amen. Just come and stand. Amen. I want every parent and grandparent to come and lay your hands on them.